Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Welcome back, Decode Your Burnout fans, for another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today we are joined by Dr. Taryn McCarthy. She is the happiness and prosperity coach for high-achieving women and men in dentistry and medicine. She's the host of the Business of Happiness podcast, where I was very fortunate to be on recently. She empowers leaders in healthcare to strive for inner fulfillment and true authentic success. She's an orthodontist, an author, a motivational speaker, a founder of Embrace Orthodontic in Maine, and she's a proud mom of three. She coaches healthcare leaders, leaders of their families and leaders of their own dreams on how to step into their unique power to redefine success and to find happiness and freedom. She believes that within each of us lies the power to live a life of enormous abundance and joy, and that when we feel good about ourselves, we have a greater power to do good in this world. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. So excited to have you. And we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of happiness in just a little bit. But before we do, I'd love to hear about your burnout story. What was it that led you to burnout? Was it just once or multiple times? Tell us all the things. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And I just want to say before I start, thank you for always sharing these incredible stories, because I think it's so valuable right now for people to know that they're not alone (laughs) in burnout. You know, I think having this conversation is so critical. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. And, you know, it is kind of alarming as you see these statistics that now the recent statistic I've seen is like 77% of people in the workplace are burned out. So that's quite, yeah. So, you know, my story of burnout came from a place of really passion. (laughs) I was really passionate about what I was doing. I absolutely loved what I was doing. When I was 19, I loved artistry. I was a sculpture minor. I loved psychology. I was a psych major and I loved medicine and dentistry. I loved science and I saw this perfect opportunity in dentistry to merge all of those Mm. and to, you know, have the dream of being an entrepreneur and a leader and to give back to my community, all those things. And so I dove headfirst (laughs) into dentistry and dove headfirst into putting aside my own needs and desires for decades in the pursuit of this one beautiful 
practical goal and thinking that when I become a dentist, I'll be happy. So literally practiced for two decades how to not listen to myself and just in pursuit of this one external thing, which was dentistry. Well, you know, one day when I become a dentist, I'll be happy. And, you know, obviously that didn't come true when I finally got my dental degree. It kind of wasn't really fulfilling enough. So I thought, oh, let's dive into the next thing, which is orthodontics, the most difficult specialty to get into. They must be happy. You know, worked so hard to burn myself down to get there. When I got there, was still unfulfilled and thought, okay, it must be because I'm not in the leadership aspect of what my dream was. So let me buy a practice and really run it on my own. And did so at the age of 25 and feeling unfulfilled, stressed out, thought, I think it's because I don't have a family. So then tried really hard to get pregnant. And because I'd neglected my body for so many years, infertility was a big thing, which is common in those of us who swim in burnout. And when we finally did get pregnant, I had both of my first two kids in quick succession and went into premature delivery with both of them because I was swimming. My uterus was swimming in cortisol because I was just pushing myself so hard. So I was actually back to work seeing patients before my due date. Oh my God. I know you heard that right. (laughs) Delivered my babies prematurely in the NICU back to work before my due date in order to maintain this house of cards I'd built. Well, needless to say, I still kept pushing and pushing. And every time I felt kind of unfulfilled or unhappy or fearful, I would just push for the next thing. So throw in there a couple of triathlons, throw in a couple of marathons, pushing my body beyond what it possibly could do. I'll never forget this moment when I recognized I was in full on burnout and burned down. It was a Thursday evening. (laughs) I remember it so clearly, Sharon. It was a Thursday evening. One of the other coping mechanisms I had established in order to live with burnout was drinking. So in the evening, in order to escape, I was drinking. And, you know, I never drank that much, but I was the queen of having two martinis and then showing up at the gym on 4.30 the next morning to do burpees and keep going through the day. And so, you know, by nine o'clock at night, I was pretty toasted on two martinis. And I had this moment of sobriety, if you will, where I caught myself on a Thursday night getting ready for work the next day, my two toddlers in bed, I was squatting over the kitchen trash can. And I had this moment of, oh my God, what am I doing? What is going on here right now? And I was mortified because my handsome husband was sitting over on the couch and I ran to the bathroom, obviously, when I recognized what I was doing. And I looked in the mirror and I didn't even recognize the woman looking back at me. Here I was having achieved everything I dreamed of. The beautiful house, the fancy husband, (laughs) handsome husband, the kids, the practice, my orthodontic office, the, the, the fancy car, the fancy dogs. I had everything and I was miserable and scared. And the next feeling that stepped in was extreme shame Mm. and completely terrified of what to do next. And so that was the moment of my burnout. And you know, I do look back at that, Sharon, as a gift because it taught me so much about myself. If I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And not that I wish burnout on anybody, but I had ignored the signs for decades. I had pushed aside the signs for decades where I really did need to hit that rock bottom. Unfortunately, it took me a long time to pull out of that. I decided to just run because I didn't know what 
what else to do. I ran. I ran from my business. I sold my business. I thought I'll never do this again. I thought I'm inadequate. I can't do all of these at the same time. I went to a divorce attorney. I thought I'd run from my husband. I went to a bankruptcy attorney. I thought I'd run from everything that I owned. That was the only way I knew how to cope. And what I figured out was the one thing I couldn't run away from was myself. And so that started my journey of rediscovering who I am and what I need and what happiness means to me and what success means to me. And in doing that work along the way, I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about my capability and I started to love myself again. It's so fascinating because I'm sitting in front of you here, married to the same beautiful man. <laughs> so grateful to him. I still have those kids plus one. I still have, you know, a beautiful home I'm so grateful for. I'm still an orthodontist. I have a new orthodontic practice that I love, but everything changed along the way. My mission now in life is to let people know that you can have it all. You really can follow your dreams, have a passion, have a dream, and avoid tearing yourself down along the way. Wow, what a story. I got this visual of like a dog chasing its tail, you know, where we always think we have to do another thing. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep striving. And then one day we're going to get there. And nobody stops us to tell us like, you have to look for everything within because it doesn't exist out there. And I think that's actually why so many people burn out is because they don't have that awareness or they don't know how to tap into themselves. So they're looking for happiness out there. And one of the things I recently started saying to people, because it hit me so hard is that I think what's happening is people are confounding different topics. They pursue success in the hopes of feeling happy. And I think this is where we have to really take ourselves, kind of take a step back and recognize that when you chase A, you're not going to get B. Like they're just different things. So if you chase A, if you chase success, you're going to be successful, most likely. But success does not equal happiness. If you want to be happy, you've got to figure out what leads to happiness. And it's not success per se. I think success can lead to a sense of confidence, a sense of pride. But happiness is a whole other animal. I couldn't agree with you more. And you're the queen of happiness now where you got this like the business of happiness podcast. So I mean, I'm going to defer to you to really speak more about this. But it kind of hit me that we're chasing the wrong thing in pursuit of happiness. And what we really need to do is separate those two things out and say like, yes, I want to be successful and happy. So I have to do ABC in order to be successful, but I need to do DEF to be happy. And those are two separate things. So maybe you can speak more to that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think where that starts to trip us up is in our definition of success. And I know this from my own experiences, I was borrowing someone else's definition of success. Mm. So I was looking at these other people thinking, oh, she looks happy. I'm going to do what she's doing from the outside, you know, what I think she's doing. And that should bring me happiness. And absolutely what you're saying is right. We look outside of ourselves for all the things, for the money, the status, the uh, expertise, you know, the family. I mean, it could be anything that you've attributed to somebody else's happiness. So our definition of success matters. What I think many of us forget to do is to include happiness in our definition of success. And when you work on and give credit to and value to your own happiness, your definition of success changes. What you think you wanted changes. When you feel that fulfillment within yourself, suddenly all those things you thought you wanted look a little bit different. So the journey of reaching for happiness actually helps us define our definition of success for 
ourselves. Because I don't think anybody's definition of success is the same. I think each of us has a very different definition if we include happiness in that algorithm. If we say success includes happiness, which I think so many times we forget to include that as part of it. You know, usually success just looks like money and things, but success actually should involve inner fulfillment, right? That's how successful you are. You know, I always remember this. If you ask any mom or dad of a three-year-old, you know, what do you wish for this child? And they'll say, oh, I just want her to be happy. No matter what, I just just want her to be happy. Well, each of us was once that three-year-old too. That's all our parents wanted for us. They just wanted us to be happy. That's the ultimate success, right? Is being happy. And we forget to give that to ourselves as an important aspect of our own success. So I have to ask because, I mean, clearly you just mentioned that you were following somebody else's definition of success. And that's certainly like your programming that contributed to some of this. I just finished saying how, you know, in my book, you have to kind of align what you do with what the end goal is. If you want to be successful, there's certain factors that you need to do or follow steps or what have you. And same thing for happiness. You're actually saying they can be joined. And I'm curious if we go back to your story, you mentioned fulfillment, which is I think is actually your key word, because you also talked about it when you talked about your burnout and how you were unfulfilled. So for you, a lot of your burnout from what I heard is that you just weren't fulfilled. And so my question is, how is it do you think that you went through all of these different achievements in your personal and your professional life and yet never felt fulfilled? Mm -hmm. Because I never gave it to myself. So, you know, just as much as I was looking for external validation of my happiness, I was looking for external validation of my worth. I was, you know, both of those things I was finding outside of myself and I kept coming up empty because it doesn't matter how many times someone tells you, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. If you don't feel it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's never going to impact you the same way as if you truly believe it, you Mm. know? And I think a big part for me was this shame aspect, which also denied me happiness because I kept feeling like I wasn't worthy of the success I had achieved. I couldn't receive it. So Mm. there's a certain amount of receivership I never learned how to do either that I had to gift to myself. Nobody else could teach me how to receive. I had to learn how to do that myself. And so even though I had created what I thought would be happy, would make me happy, I didn't know how to feel it. I'd forgotten and lost that lower part. You know, I was living from the neck up. (laughs) You and I've talked about this before. I was just forgotten to pay attention to the rest of my body, to my nervous system, to my physical health and the signals my body was sending me that I was not able to actually receive the joy and the happiness that should have come from all the work I was doing. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's true for a lot of people out there that burn out. That compulsion to prove yourself that keeps you doing and taking on more things onto your plate comes from that need to get validated for your worth. And we so often focus externally to receive that validation. But to your point, if we haven't learned to give it to ourselves, it doesn't matter how much we receive it. We end up in that hamster wheel that never ends. And we're constantly seeking out the next thing and the next thing very much like your story, you know, told us. And so based on your experience of having kind of broken out of that mold, what would you say to somebody who is really trying to be very accomplished, looking for that external validation, looking for that sense of fulfillment, but isn't able to give it to themselves? How did you manage to figure this out eventually? The most important thing for me was creating time and space to get quiet. That was the most important part of my transformation was giving myself permission to be quiet with 
with myself on a daily basis to block out the noise and just be present with myself. I mean, that really was it. And then, of course, in doing so, without knowing it, what I was doing is I was actually regulating my nervous system. So, you know, taking some deep breaths, meditating, I was regulating my nervous system and stepping out of that fight or flight space that I was in where mm-hmm. I was just blind to what was going on around me. You know, an example would be to any of your listeners who might recognize this, you know, that feeling when you're busy, busy during the day, you're going grinding, grinding, multitasking, seeing 60 patients. And then at four o'clock, you realize you are dying to go to the bathroom. Like you are so full, you might pee your pants right away. You can't even believe you've let it go this long and you got to get there fast. Literally been ignoring your body all day. You've been in fight or flight all day, didn't even realize the signals whispering to you all day long, your bladder's getting full, your bladder's getting full. You know, that's such a loud voice that your body uses. And yet we can be deaf even to that voice. Imagine now all the other whispers that were happening along the way, exhaustion, overwhelm, anxiety, all these little whispers coming from your body, you know, the shallow breathing, heart rate quickening, ignoring, 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 and those things build up over time. And they leave us in a place of putting out fires constantly. So not ever taking the time to just take a deep breath, be quiet for a moment, regulate our nervous system so that we can listen to that inner voice to hear what do you need right now? And then to have the courage to be able to give it to ourselves without expecting it to come from outside sources. You know, what I love about what you just said is that I can imagine people out there are kind of waiting to hear something new, something, you know, (laughs) extraordinarily brilliant that they haven't heard before. They'd be like, oh my God, that's the thing I've been missing. And yet we always just come back to the same thing, which is, you know, when you're so focused on doing, 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 what you need to do is the exact opposite. You just need to do less, spend more time being quiet, tuning inwards. And that's where the magic happens. It's beautiful. And you know, at first it sounds defeatist. (laughs) It sounds a little bit like giving in, you know, like at least that's what it sounds like to an overachiever, but it's enormously empowering because what it's telling you is really the answer is inside you. You don't have to keep looking to the next expert or the next coach or the, I mean, coaches, I believe, and I am a coach myself, coaches are so great for holding up mirrors for us and for supporting us through the journey. But the truth is only you know yourself. Really, that's the purpose of a coach is to help you understand yourself and ask yourself those questions. But there is no guru out there that knows what happiness looks like to you. It's only something that we know within ourselves, which when we take the time to get quiet, we get to find out what that is. And then we get to gift it to ourselves, which is also enormously empowering because that means I don't have to rely on my husband to bring me happiness, my patients to bring me happiness, my kids to bring me happiness. I actually get to do that for myself. And it also lets you know that I'm not responsible for anyone else's happiness. It actually relieves me a lot of from a lot of responsibility. I don't have to be the one that makes my husband happy. We get to be responsible for ourselves and our own happiness and then come together and enjoy this glorious life together. But I'm not accountable for his happiness and he sure as hell is not accountable for mine. So all you people pleasers out there, all you feelers, I hope that you've heard that because yeah, I mean, it does sound really simple, but it's hard to do. Giving yourself that time where you're not actually doing anything and you're slowing everything down and you're getting quiet and you're tuning inward sounds so simplistic, but there's a reason why we don't do it. And that's because we're running away from what's really going on with us. So many of my clients feel such anxiety about sitting 
everything with their emotion. Mm. It's almost like I have anxiety about my anxiety, right? It's like so meta. And the truth of the matter is we have to recognize that our emotions come and go and that you're going to survive them and that nothing stays forever. But if you don't get quiet and you don't listen, you're going to continue to be in this world of always doing, always either, if you're a feeler, taking on other people's stuff and feeling responsible for their happiness and feeling resentful when they don't make you happy or being that doer who just keeps piling more stuff on until you absolutely break because there's nothing left in the tank, right? So it does sound really simple, but it's challenging. It is. It's challenging. I love that you said that. I'm so glad you said that because I think if you've been practicing the exact opposite, it is challenging. And that's where we can give ourselves a little bit of grace. You were just for decades practicing doing, doing, doing. So it's okay for this to feel uncomfortable and new. It's a new skill to get. Yeah, and, and I think there's like also this mindset thing that people have to deal with, right? Especially if you're a doer, because people are like, well, I could use that time to get more stuff done, yes. right? And so if you hold on to that mentality, you're never going to break away from the exact behaviors that lead you to burnout. So Absolutely. I hope you hear this because this is like really important. Like, yes, you could get more done, but that's short term vision, right? Like that's not going to serve you long term because you keep this up, you will get to a point and I've seen this so many times when you burn out, then you can't do anything. So we're going for a sustainable way of being in the world that isn't just about accomplishment. But as you say, it's about feeling fulfilled, feeling happy. And that's not going to come from doing more stuff. It's only going to come from your relationship with yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's also interesting. I think if we were to be really honest with ourselves, our burnout is wasting time right now too. not just in the bigger picture, but in the day to day, that overdoing that multitasking, that stressful place actually wastes a lot more time than we realize. We think we're doing 101 things, getting 101 things done. But what we're actually doing is making a lot of mistakes along the way, creating a lot of uncomfortable relationship situations where we start rehearsing them in the shower. You know that late night when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're rehearsing that conversation you had that you maybe shouldn't have said that because you were out of alignment with your higher self. We are wasting so much more time than we realize right now when we're not paying attention to ourselves and to our happiness. Well said. So we've been kind of going back and forth between success and happiness. But what I, you know, given that you really are specializing in happiness, what I'd love for you to do is tell us what are the three biggest myths that people have around happiness? And what are the truths that we should all know when we're seeking happiness? Awesome. The first one I think everyone has heard before is that the myth is that happiness comes from status and money and things outside of ourselves. I mean, this is what we're talking about, right? That's the myth. And I think even though we all know intellectually that's not true, we kind of fall into that belief system. You know, we don't even want to admit it really because maybe we start shopping online for something or (laughs) maybe we start looking for that next thing or that next degree or that next certification. And one question to ask yourself to know if you've fallen back into this myth is, are you saying to yourself, I'll be happy when? That's the key. If you're saying at all, I'll be happy when my husband finally treats me the right way, or I'll be happy when I get this degree. I'll be happy when I have X number of clients or X number of patients, or I'll be happy when I get pregnant. All of those are indicators that you fall in prey to that first myth, that happiness is from something outside of yourself, that you'll find happiness in something outside of you, be it money, success, status, any kind of validation.
validation from somebody else. And that's the first thing. The second thing, and this is really interesting because it goes deep into our core beliefs, is that happiness is earned. And this is an interesting one, Sharon, because I find that sometimes we can accidentally fall into happiness. So you find yourself like, oh, wait a minute, I'm happy for a moment there. Florence and the Machine has a great song. Oh, what is it? It's I just remember the line in the song, happiness hit her like a bullet in the back. She sings, which I think is such a great, such a great line because sometimes we'll catch ourselves like, oops, suddenly I'm happy. Like it feels a little weird. I'm so happy what just happened. And then we sabotage ourselves because we feel like we didn't earn that happiness. Like I didn't work hard enough for this. And the truth is you are worthy of happiness simply because you were born. There is nobody who's more worthy of happiness than somebody else. There's nobody out there that deserves happiness more than another person. Or less for that matter. Or less for that matter. Absolutely. But we tell ourselves we got to work harder. It's got to hurt a little bit. There's got to be some punishment in there. Sacrifice. That's a big one. I have to make some sacrifices. The truth is you don't have to do a thing to be deserving of happiness. And then I think my third myth would be there's something wrong with me if I don't feel happy all the time. Mm. Happiness, the way I see happiness, is not something, a cloud that you live on eternally. Happiness is a feeling that you are allowing yourself to feel because you're allowing yourself the full range of emotions because you're not afraid. You were speaking earlier about being afraid of being quiet with yourself and what might come up. When we're courageous enough to feel all the emotions, that's when we get to feel happiness as well. When we're courageous enough to actually feel anger, allow ourselves to feel the anger, allow ourselves to scream and yell and punch something and work our way through it, that's when you can feel happiness. It's when we push down those emotions that we can't feel happy. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just not allowing yourself to do it because you've been covering up so many other emotions and we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose to just feel the quote unquote good feelings and never feel the bad ones. We have to give ourselves as human beings the full range of emotions. And so there's nothing wrong with you if you don't feel happy all the time. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to feel all the contrasting emotions and you're supposed to live life and experience new things in life. And when you allow yourself a moment to feel that happiness, that's when you can really know what brings you joy. You can understand yourself better as opposed to thinking that other things that support other people's happiness should be the same things that give you joy and happiness. Beautifully said. So to recap, we don't want to have any sort of conditions on our happiness. We don't want to say like, I'll only get there if and when these things happen. Because I mean, that's just really delaying what you can have in this very moment. You don't want to lead with, I have to earn it. I don't deserve it. I haven't done enough for it because then you're just going to sabotage. And you don't want to have this idea that you have to be happy all the time and that when you're not, that there's something wrong with you because just like any other emotion, emotions are fleeting. They are energy in your body that just moves around. And so you can be satisfied and you can be fulfilled, but the happiness that you feel is going to come and go. And that's absolutely human of you. So we have to wrap our minds around that and just figure out how to create a life that we love where we feel all Mm. parts of it and we welcome it. I'm so glad that you were able to share your journey with us and a lot of the wisdom that you gained along the way. And I'd also love for you to tell us if somebody who's listening to this wants to follow up with you, where should they go? Thank you for that, Sharon. And thanks for that beautiful summary. (laughs) I love that. You can find me at the business of happiness, www.thebizofhappiness or the business of happiness on Instagram or on Facebook, Dr. Taryn McCarthy. In 
any one of those, find me and definitely check out my podcast, The Business of Happiness Podcast on all the wonderful places where you find your favorite podcasts like this phenomenal podcast. Thank Thank you. you. And really, this is such important work and I'm so grateful to you for bringing this to light and for sharing all the episodes that you have. Such great insight in each one of them. So thank Thank you, you, Sharon. Yeah, and thanks for coming on and I always appreciate when someone is able to share because it's helping other people out there who are listening and still struggling and trying to figure it all out. So uh, speaking of all of you out there, if you are a thinker, I'd love to know what you thought of the show. If you're a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers out there, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? And regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave a comment or questions to be answered in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you're ready to take the next step with me to decode your burnout, go to decodeyourburnout.com. I'll see you right back here next week. Take care, everybody.